Welcome to my podcast, Normally Unstable, where I discuss a variety of topics involving mental health. This is a space where vulnerability is invited and stories are shared. Today, we have a special, special treat. One of my closest and most dearest friends, Jess, decided to join us today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy for you to be a part of the show. Um, so me and Jess, we actually met in college, but um, basically what we did in college, we just turned up. You know, we really didn't have too many deep conversations, but um, through the years, we've lived, you know, pretty close to each other now. I love moved to the Bay from L.A., and we've been able to kind of form like a, a accountability kind of situation to where when I'm sad, when I'm down, I can just hit her up and she kind of keeps me balanced. And I'm so blessed to have her in my life because just overall just tries to live a healthy lifestyle. So running, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, races, um, plant-based diet, just overall tries to live a, a healthy lifestyle. So, but what a lot of people don't know about her is that she's had her battles with anxiety for, for years. And, you know, I've had my battles with, uh, you know, depression and anxiety as well. So we have a pretty thing, good thing going. So when I'm about to fall off the rails, she's the one that I call and she calms me down a lot. But something that I've always wanted to ask her that I've never had the opportunity to is like, when was the, the first time that you could really remember that you felt anxiety kind of just... Yeah, so anxiety, like Derek mentioned, I haven't really talked much about my anxiety with a lot of um, people in my life, so people, friends listening to this might not even know that I deal with anxiety, um, but the first time I remember getting a sense of like being overwhelmed with anxiety was when um, I was studying abroad, actually, in college, and the Paris attacks happened. Um, and so the crazy thing was I was in Italy when the attacks happened, but when I was getting news about everything coming in, um, one of the attacks happened around the corner from the hotel that I stayed at just a month prior. And for whatever reason, like, I think being in a foreign land and being away from family and friends, um, that caused a lot of anxiety, but then also knowing that the attack happened so close to where I was just at. Um, really freaked me out and I just remember kind of being like short of breath and um, kind of like sweating and like not really knowing what was going on and so in the moment I think I was just kind of thinking it was panic over the situation but looking back I think that was the first time I remember having like a clear example of experiencing anxiety. Gotcha. Who are you with? Like, did someone like notice you? Were you kind of like alone? Like, like what was the kind of the situation? Yeah. So like in that moment, I was with my roommate and some of the other students in the program. Um, but I definitely like, got quiet. And I like, whenever I feel anxiety, I kind of like get quiet. I sink back into myself. And I'm not really like, I don't talk much to people. Like some people, they get jittery, they start, you know, rambling. But I tend to kind of close myself off a little bit and just kind of feel the anxiety within myself um so I don't think anyone I was with probably even noticed but we were all like it was a crazy situation so we were all kind of going through different emotional states at that point but gotcha yeah. so that was the first time what, what year was that in college that was in 2015 so when think, yeah. so when was the next situation that kind of happened to where you're like okay this is actually happening a second time this is this is pretty new for me yeah um so I would say there's a difference between 
it's hard to say because there's moments where I've had like panic attacks where it's specific moments and instances that I can remember but then anxiety I've had just heightened states of anxiety so I can have like a whole day where I'm just like today was just like bad anxiety day like it was like a pretty constant state um but I did notice after that situation specifically whenever I got into um public spaces and I still do this to this day I'm constantly looking for an escape route because I have a fear that like what if an attack were to happen right here how would I get out and so I'm always thinking of an escape route so for example I stopped going to the movies for like two to three months after that and I stopped um going into libraries as well and um the first time I went back to a movie um like three months after this whole situation happened I sat down and I remember just like automatically looking for the exits and I still do that till this day, like in any space that I go into. But I've noticed as well, like we've been to libraries together, we've been in public spaces together, so it's gotten a little bit better. So like what's, like what helped with that a little bit? Like when we were like, okay, let me take a step forward, I can go to this movie, you know, I can go to this library, I can go to these public places, Mm -hmm. like what... Like, what got you to that point to kind of, like, step out there again? Um, I would definitely say um, I had to just remind myself, like, you're fine. This, you know, that's not going to happen. You're going to be safe. Um, things like that to kind of encourage myself to go into the, back into these spaces. Um, and in the moment, I've, I developed, like, different um, things that I would kind of do as, like, rituals, in a sense, at first. So I always have rings on and one thing that I do when I'm feeling a lot of anxiety in a space, I'll like take one of my rings off of a finger and I'll put it on a different finger or if I have a bracelet, I always have like a hair tie or a bracelet and I kind of like switch them on my wrist. So it's subtle things that most people wouldn't even notice that I'm doing, um, but they help distract my brain so that I'm distracted from whatever the anxiety is in the moment. Um, So those are some things that I started doing that really helped me calm down when I was experiencing anxiety. Gotcha, yeah, so like, you know, moving to the bed, I've never really had anxiety like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, mine was more so like depression, but like moving to the bay, I found myself being way more anxious. Mm-hmm. And I never, and I never want to say like I dealt with anxiety. I was like in denial for a very long time, but mm-hmm. I'll find myself being shortness of breath, like getting extremely hot, having to go outside, like not being able to calm my mind down and something that you told me really kind of blew my mind because when I was like battling depression, I would always go back to trying to calm my mind down because that's where all those negative thoughts were coming from, which is my mind. You know, I'm my, I'm my worst own enemy. Mm-hmm. But then when it came to anxiety, I was trying to apply that same thing. I was trying to calm my mind down and nothing seemed to be working because I'm still have a, a shortness of breath. And I remember when I chatted with you a little bit about it and I was asking for advice, you told me like, first thing that you need to do is calm down your body mm-hmm. you know get your heart rate down breathe a little bit and then your mind is going to follow so like first I want to say thank you for teaching me that <laughs> because it's been you know night and day is, is really helped but like where'd you learn that from like did you learn it did you read it did you you know go do you go to therapy like mm-hmm. how'd you how'd you learn about like those different you know coping mechanisms about your you know your headband your rings like how do you learn about this type of stuff yeah so um All of it has been a collection throughout, you know, everything that I've picked up along the way. Um, And I should say I have a background. My undergrad was in psychology. So I do have a background learning about 
different psychological studies and kind of being exposed to mental health in that realm. Um, And after graduating from college, I also worked with kids with autism. And so one of the things that we did with um, the kids with autism, if they were having some sort of um, like, um, like freak out kind of session or whatever, if they were, you know, freaking out or having anxiety um, or having like frustration, we would, I would try to get them to breathe because if you, you know, have practice breathing exercises, you know that it helps to slow down your, um, your body and um, focusing on that one simple task really does help distract the mind, but then also you're slowing down your body so you're not as ramped up. Um, so that's kind of where I picked up the breathing exercise. Also, I started practicing yoga, and so anyone who practices yoga knows that it really does help to calm the body. Um, um, so I would definitely say that's probably where the breathing um, got picked up at. And your, and, and your friends as well. Like, I know that you haven't really, you know, talked about your anxiety with your friends. So like, what do you think that's stemmed from? Like, well, how come you haven't communicated that with, you know, with your friends a lot? Or what do you, um, or just people yeah. in general, not yeah. just your friends, just like people in general. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, it's just a hard thing to talk about. Um, even being here right now, I'm, it's a very vulnerable topic for myself. And so I, I mean, if it wasn't with you, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with just anyone on a podcast, but, um, I know it's an important thing to talk about and it should be something that is talked about more often. Um, but because it's so personal and it manifests differently in every single person, I mean, everyone's triggered in different ways and things like that. I think it's just a really personal topic that's just not easy to talk about. So I think that's kind of why. And also, it's not like a fun conversation, you know, so. It's never, you know, a fun conversation. And always when I kind of, you know, stand back to everything, I'm like, I always stand back to thinking about me being judged. And I don't know, it's so hard for me with like the whole anxiety thing. It's so new to Mm. me. And it's really, really kind of hard to like explain because sometimes you and I will have conversations. You're like... I had a panic attack, you know, in a meeting today. And like, that is so vulnerable Like mm-hmm. for you to even tell me something like that. And I have it. And I, what I admire about you is that you keep going, you keep trucking along, you know, you keep being, you know, inspiring to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you graduated with your masters and like all that stuff is, is tough and you keep persisting. Although you have, you know, you battled anxiety and I feel like sometimes with me, it, it hinders me a lot. And I feel like, I miss out on a lot of opportunities because I get very, very anxious. Um, like I'm very, very shy. Like no one really knows that, oh, yeah. but I'm a very, very shy person. And like when I'm put it on the spot, I don't like being put on the spot and I get very, very anxious. And it's so funny because a lot of people can't tell that, mm-hmm. but I really, really, yeah, I get very, very anxious. I get very, very hot and I get very, very sweaty. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I miss out on a lot of opportunities like that. So like, have you seen, you know, how, how have you seen anxiety affecting you from a a day-to-day perspective or like have you missed out on anything uh has it like interfered with any connections that you've had or relationships you've had um yeah so like how has anxiety as a whole kind of affected your life yeah so another um big component of my anxiety is like social anxiety specifically in the workspace and so i recently started a new job And I've realized that whenever I get in, like, a group setting, I experience very severe anxiety. Um, And I would say that it is, I've become aware that it's hindering me, that I'm not speaking up. So it's, like, if it's an optional opportunity where it's an open space to share 
dialogue I choose not choose I mean I'm yes I'm choosing to not share because I'm getting so anxious to speak that I physically just like I'd rather not I'd rather just sit here and listen um because I have a fear that like if I speak I'm gonna like stumble over my words or as soon as I open my mouth I'm like gonna blank and forget what I say and embarrass myself in front of my colleagues Um, so I would say that's become a big issue because I need to be able to share my voice, um, especially in the workplace. Um, so that's something I'm actively working on. Um, so hopefully I can make some progress on that, but I think that's the main place that it's probably hindered me. Um, usually in social settings, it's not as a big of a factor. It's usually in like work environments, academic environments, things like that. Yeah, mine too. Like I've only noticed it a lot in like that work environment for, for like for some reason I and I don't know why yeah. because when I'm talking and I just had my performance review um, about a month ago mm-hmm. and a lot of the feedback was Derek has amazing ideas he needs to speak up more mm-hmm. you know Derek has so much insight and so many things to offer he needs to you know voice them more and like I agree and I will voice them if, but I feel more comfortable voicing them on a one-on-one conversation. Oh, same. If yeah. someone wants to have a coffee chat, if if someone wants to put an hour, hour and a half in my in my on my calendar, mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk their ear off. Yeah. You know, but when I'm in those group settings, when I'm in those meetings, I find myself being very, very quiet. It's mm-hmm. be, and like very similar to you. Yeah. Like I I talk fast. My mom, I remember growing up, my mom would always tell me like, slow down. You mumble too much. It's like I talk very, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, I do too. I like stumble. Yeah, I stumble all the time. So it's like I've always wanted to be like those cool dudes that just like are just like, oh, yeah. he's so cool, but I can't be cool. Like I talk too fast. But that's actually a tool that you can use is like mindfully speaking slowly mm. because that because people also I've been told that like if you mindfully tell yourself to talk slower, you're gonna think you're like speaking like. A pace of a snail but really <laughs> everyone else is going to hear you and you're going to be talking at a normal pace you're just going to be slower than you know when people have to be like wait slow down what are you saying um so that's something you could try too i have um, a question for you though like yeah. when it comes to you not speaking up in meetings mm-hmm. i feel like for me it's also done a kind of a, a disservice a little bit because i feel like people look at me like he doesn't want to be engaged and mm-hmm. he doesn't you know want to be vocal and he doesn't want to be a team player. And that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at, if someone were to look at my calendar, they'll see it's packed with, like, coffee chats and one-on-ones and, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, so, like, has that affected you, you know, with your coworkers? Do you think your coworkers perceive you in a certain way? Because, like, sometimes I feel like my coworkers perceive me as not being vocal or not being a team player. Mm-hmm. But my manager knows all the things that I do, mm-hmm. um, you know, on an individual basis. Um, but I feel like from a brand perspective and how people perceive me, they could perceive me as being a little standoffish, maybe trying to act too cool, but that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. just like, I, when I don't feel comfortable, very similar to you, like I shell up. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really have panic, panic attacks so much, but when I feel uncomfortable, when I feel very anxious, I shell up, Yeah. put my headphones in, I listen to music. I cannot function without music. That's the only thing that can calm me down is music. And I need to just be like siloed. And That's just me be... in podcasts. Like I'm just <laughs> listening to podcasts all the time at work. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like a part of me wants to fix it, and a part of me doesn't, because mm-hmm. it's like it's who I am and it's what I feel comfortable with. So I'm kind of wrestling, you know, with that balance. 
but how do you feel like you know some of your classmates have felt about you or some of your you know employees and coworkers have felt uh, about you mm-hmm. because you're more reserved or you might do you even think that they even notice that you've had a panic attack in, in a meeting um so it's interesting because i was just thinking about this actually earlier this week i was having a conversation and i told the person i had the conversation with like I'm pretty sure every single person in that room had no idea that I was experiencing this, but I, yeah, like, I don't think anyone probably noticed because when I spoke, I probably sounded fine, but it was all internal, like this whole internal dialogue that was going on. Um, so no, I don't think anyone around me noticed, but to answer your other question about how they probably perceive me. Um, I haven't really thought about it that much, to be honest, and the job that I'm at right now is fairly new. Um, I would say, though, they probably think I'm shy for the most part, but the thing is, when I talk to anyone one-on-one, and I've talked to almost every single person in the office, I'm very talkative and, like you said, open to having those one-on-one conversations. It's more so when I get in that group setting that I become more reserved and closed off so I don't really know if they attribute it to me being new and not really you know knowing the research or knowing you know what people are talking about um yeah so I don't really know what they would attribute that to I, it's not brought, been brought up to me in any way so. Got you. and you know you yourself you are a woman of color um you know you're Latinx mm-hmm. Afro Latinx mm-hmm. okay and uh so like speaking about you know, mental health and anxiety. Have you felt it to be more difficult being like a woman of color talking about these topics, you know, uh, topics to your friends and, and to your family? Or do you, or you think that's not haven't even been a, been a factor? Because I feel like when I've talked about, you know, depression specifically, sometimes, you know, in, in my community, they're like, wait, what's that? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, how do you know, you know, what depression, like, what is depression? Mm-hmm. And I kind of have to educate people. And it's like, oh, I've been feeling like that for years. Mm-hmm. So, like, how have your conversations been, um, you know, with communities that you, you know, relate to about those type of topics? Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that I think mental health is, like we've already mentioned, like, it's not talked about enough. And there's this stigma that it's definitely not talked about enough in the African-American community. Um, I was blessed, like my parents are very, um, very communicative and I'm, I feel very comfortable talking to them about this kind of stuff. Um, so I was lucky that I always had someone to turn to. Me and my mom are very close. Me and my sister are very close. Um, so I, I'm able to talk to them about my anxieties openly. Um, and actually I found recently I've been in new communities with other women of color and those have been really safe and inviting spaces where I'm able to talk and start to talk more about my anxiety and feel comfortable to share those things. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And in those spaces, have you noticed some, you know, commonalities in, in those spaces? Like, have you, do you guys have a lot of common, a lot of things that you guys are going through, a lot of things that you guys are feeling? Yeah. Have you found some similarities in those conversations? Yeah, I found a lot of, um, in those spaces a lot of people mention you know the imposter syndrome which i'm sure that you've probably felt um because we live in a white you know capitalist society we as people of color um often have to you know code switch and change up the way we talk in order to fit into the standards that we think are appropriate um depending on the environment and so that was something that i've actually dealt with my entire like we've all probably dealt with our entire lives because you know it's you 
pretty to some extent you're performing right you're like following the code book so that you can go under the radar and not stand out and follow along like everyone else um so imposter syndrome is something that's talked about a lot in those spaces and that can be um cause a lot of anxiety for a lot of people too so yeah and i think something that's attributed to like me being more anxious is literally probably that yeah because for me i hate being controlled and i love being myself mm-hmm. unapologetically 100 percent Derek malone i love being myself and i get very very anxious when i feel like i'm not in an environment to where i can really be who I am. Mm-hmm. Say the words that I want to say. Dress the way that I want to dress. Have my hair the way that I want to have my hair. And I feel like that makes that's my trigger. It's like when people try to make me into something that I'm not. You're like, oh, talk more. Be more preppy. Like, nah, that ain't right. me. Like, that's, that's that's not me. I'm chill. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm very strategic. I like to get. I'm very efficient. I'm not gonna be always super bubbly. I can strike up a conversation. And we have a great dialogue, but I'm not always going to be super super bubbly. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like I'm put into a box or people are trying to force me to be more and more bubbly or more and more like other employees in the office, mm-hmm. that triggers me. Yeah. And I get very, very anxious and my mind starts wondering. And then I start thinking about, am I going to get fired? Am I not going to get promoted? Am I going to get this? Am I not going to get these opportunities? Is my career not going to advance? And it's just like, it's just when people don't allow me to just be Derek. Yeah. Just allow to be. So that's my trigger. And have yeah. you noticed anything to be like, like, what are some of your triggers that, like, you notice, like, kind of sets you off or anything For like anxiety specifically or just, um, we could just talk about triggers. Cause we just, yeah, we talk, we talk, yeah, just triggers um, in general. Similar to what you were saying, I am, so I typically, anyone who knows me, I am a very optimistic person. I try to be very optimistic because, um, you know, I just like to look on the bright side of things. Um, but I have days where I don't feel like smiling and days that I don't, I'm not as happy as, you know, I was the day before and... I had one situation where an old coworker, um, I used to sit like at the front desk and I would say, you know, good morning every morning or whatever and smile. And this one particular day, like I had a lot of stuff going on and I just like wasn't smiling. I just didn't smile. And he told me to smile. And like, I'd never been told to smile like in that way. I don't know. something about the context and the environment. And it just really did not sit well with me. And I told him, and he was a senior person in the company, and I told him, I was like, no, like, I don't have to. I was just, like, I was just so, like, not in the mood. And I was like, because any other situation, I probably would have, like, just smiled just because he told me to smile. Yeah. But I was like, no, like, I don't have to smile. And he kind of was thrown off by that because it's not typically what my response would have been. Um, because I realized, like, in that moment, I don't, like, you can't tell me, like, how I should feel or what emotion I should display just for you to feel okay with your day and for you to think things are all good. Um, but, yeah. I make also, that. Oh, note sorry. to all men out there, never tell a woman to smile. I mean, that's <laughs> just what I was about to say. It was my first job, yo, my first job. And I'm super, and I, you know, I'm always like, hey, what's up? What's good? Mm-hmm. And one time, and she's one of, she's a close friend of mine now, but... I told her, I was like, uh, hey, what's good? Like, what's like, what's wrong? Smile. Like, you're mm-hmm. good. Like, smile. And she looked at me, gave me the, like, the dirtiest look. And was just like, no, I'm not having a good day. And I was yeah. like, all right, for sure. Like, whatever. Yeah. Then a coworker came to me and was like, hey, like, we just had a team lunch. And uh, what's her name was just saying that you told her to smile. Then yeah. all the, like, the, we- the women leadership were like, he did not tell you to smile. And then I was like, wait, that was a bad thing? And yeah. I was like, I had no idea. 
and I felt so so bad mm-hmm. but now I kind of understand how that how that feels now because one of my triggers is when people tell me to be present yeah so like I'll have people that I you know in the work setting they'll mm-hmm. be like hey like you should be more present like you should you know your presence and like be more present and that sets me off because I'm probably more present than anyone in the office but because I don't exhibit it the same way that they do right. because I'm like hey how's you doing can I do anything for you I'm just the type that's going to sit back and observe everything and then know my place when I need to speak up, know when I need to problem solve and all these, you know, other areas. Yeah. But when people tell me to be present, I feel like that's the biggest insult. I don't know. I think it's the biggest insult because you're saying like, I'm not present and trust me, I'm more present than probably anybody in the room because I pick up on everything. So yes, fellas do not tell women to smile at all. Oh man. Yeah, that's a big one. Don't do that. I think we just... Like, every company I work for, like, we just need to do a better job in uh, understanding that people are different mm-hmm. and people operate differently. And mental health is definitely not talked about, you know, enough in the in the workspace because, yeah. like, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a nervous breakdown, if I'm having anxiety, if I'm, you know, depressed beyond, you know, uh, belief, it's like who do you talk to right you know who because like i feel fearful sometimes being vulnerable you know because like sometimes i'm like how are they gonna take it you know like do they even care that i'm depressed today like do they care they just want results do they care how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. and i feel like i get tripped up in my own mind because they do care about you but i seem to psych myself out like no they don't care like they don't they don't care at all they can care less but that's not really the case and um how do you feel about like the conversation have you seen it because like you're in the the medical you know setting you know, you're yeah. in the yeah you know like, yeah. yeah research medical yeah. setting so it's like i'm in the tech setting so like is mental health talked about in your setting do you think like if you were having if you let your manager not i want to say your manager but if you let an employer know in your space like hey i'm really having a bad day i'm, I'm very very anxious do you think they'll be receptive to that or would they think they'll be like hey like suck it up like we're all going through stuff no, they definitely wouldn't say that. Um, I would say my my setting that I'm in is very um, open. I would say I have a really great manager and I like the people that I work with so far and everything. But um, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable having that conversation just because, like you had mentioned earlier, you sometimes feel judged when you share this information. I wouldn't want it to be um, my anxiety to be viewed as like a weakness in the workspace. So I don't want them to be like, oh, look, Jess is having another anxious day. Like... That means she's not going to, like, get her project done or it might not be up to the best standard. I don't want it to be something that people can kind of use against me. And so I choose to not talk about it. And the same, and I also don't want it to be something where people are constantly asking me about it. Like, Yo. like are you good today? Like, how's Yo. your, like, so, because yeah. if they do start doing that, I would just feel like they're constantly trying to gauge, like, how, what's your anxiety at today? Which, like, could be a good thing thing I guess I don't know but like I just don't want to feel like they're just trying to measure me up to see like where my mental state's at that day um so it's something that I don't feel comfortable sharing in my work setting um I have people I could talk to about it like trusted co-workers um but I, I don't think I would have like an open discussion with my manager or anything like that I'm the same way like I've been I've been talking about mental health probably for the past five years, you know, you know, writing blog posts and, you know, doing side projects here and there. And that's the pet peeve of mine is because I talk about depression a lot because I talk about mental health a lot. 
I feel like sometimes when people check up on me, it's to gauge, like, mm-hmm. where am I at? And if I'm, like, kind of absent, I'm, like, really busy, they're like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, you're scaring me. And it's like, whoa, don't say that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm chill. Like, yeah. I'm just busy. I'm a human being. And again, like, I don't want people to kind of gauge where I'm at from a, a mental capacity because these feelings are normal. Yeah. Like, everyone goes to these, you know, these type of, you know, feelings and that judgment piece, like yeah. that is is so so huge, yeah. and what you were just saying before that you have, you know, a, a few coworkers that you can vent to that you can yeah. tell that you're you're feeling a little anxious, like so who, you know, who is like one of your your like who's your support system, yeah, like how do you get through you know day to day? I do want to add one more thing too is that another reason why I don't mention the anxiety is because we're already judged so much by society and like Mm. when someone sees me they can already label me as a female as biracial and all these other things um so anxiety is something that's internal and so if I do choose to share that that's just like another label I feel like people can put on me yo you're right so it's something that I just like okay this is something I can keep to myself and so that's also why I choose to not share that um but support system you i got you you're my support system like if i'm having a bad like the fact that i can text you and be like yo i just had a panic attack like it's not to like downplay the fact that i had a panic attack because panic attacks are a lot like it's it's a big thing it's heavy but i'm just so comfortable and we have such a good relationship that i'm able to tell you about this stuff like you know quickly just to get it off my chest and just say like this is what happened to me today um, but I would say like you, um, you know, we, our friend May, like me and her are really close Hello, and May. yes. Um, <laughs> and definitely like my mom and my sister, like I said, are like, they're my go-tos for sure. Um, yeah. How about you? Do you have, what's your, your support system? My, definitely you. Yeah. 100%. Like you've helped me in so many ways that you probably could never really, really imagine. And it's, it's tough. Like, you know talking about these things mm-hmm. and, and being open and being vulnerable without judgment. And I find myself like, it's hard for me to talk to people that haven't been through these type of, you know, uh, trials and tribulations that haven't had these certain thoughts that I have. Mm-hmm. And like, you've always been vulnerable with me and I've always been vulnerable with you. And I just feel like that is what's kind of like brought us together. Mm-hmm. And I've had other, you know, friends that I could kind of lean on, like my boy Isaac, um, you know, back home and him as well. It's like from a mental health capacity, like we're always trying to you know elevate each other. Mm-hmm. And but it's because we have a commonality, like we felt similar things before. Um, definitely my mom. Mm-hmm. Well, mom is like she's a unique person because she works at a mental health hospital. So like she can calm me down. <laughs> she can calm me down so so quick. But she's one hundred percent my uh, you know support system and. I don't know. It's I'm trying to broaden that out because I'm very, very private when it when it comes to that type of stuff. And I just feel like it's very difficult to communicate with people who don't deal with those, you know, deal with those certain emotions or those certain labels. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm feeling depressed. And it's like, all right, suck it up. And it's like, all right, I know I have to suck it up. I know, you know, yeah. the world, you know, kind of goes forward. But like sometimes I just want people just to, to listen because I know everyone feels this stuff. Like, everyone feels these feelings, but people just don't always feel comfortable, you know, talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just trying to make it more more normalized. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do, do better at 
when people at work or, you know, people in, in passing or people on social media are like, hey, Derek, like, how are you doing? Like, I'm trying to not just say I'm doing well. Yeah. Like when I'm so I'm trying to learn Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to learn Spanish and it's like they're actually like, you know, how are you? Everyone's always saying very well. Muscleman. You know what I mean? You feel me? Like, you know, more being, you know what I mean? More being, more being, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, every time I've asked someone, como estas? Yeah. You know what I mean? They said the same response. Right. But it's like, wait a minute. It's are you script. really, are you really very yeah. well? Right. And I'm trying to be more conscious of that. So yeah. if someone's asking me like, Derek, how are you? I'm like, you know what? Today, I'm, I'm struggling today. Yeah. I don't need to talk about it, but I'm struggling today, yeah. but I'll get past it. I know the things that I need to do to get, you know, um, to not feel this way anymore. I'll get past it. Like, I'm not worrying about it, answer, yeah. but I'm trying to be more conscious of giving honest answers instead of being like, oh, I'm good. Everything's straight. Like, sometimes things aren't good. Sometimes right. things aren't straight. So I'm trying to be better at communicating my true feelings and not trying to, to hide behind them because of the fear of judgment. Because... Yeah. What I've realized by doing that, I'm like, hey, like, you know, today I'm 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 struggling today, and then we know someone's like, oh, what's going on? Like, and they 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 hear me out, and then I'm like, I, I could relate to that. Like, I had a yeah. similar Tuesday of two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then I hear them out, and it's like, wow, that's way better than being like, oh, how are you? I'm good. How are yeah. you? I'm good. All right, what are you doing today? You know, it's a way different dynamic, a way different conversation that I value way more. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's like, it's deconstructing that because we're just used to, I'm sure like since we were elementary kids, like you come into the class and the teacher's like, Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Like, it's just the same thing that you're used to learning. So it's just like a natural response almost. I'm sure people don't even think about it in passing. They're just saying, you know, what they're taught to say or what they're, you know, what they're used to saying. And I, I answer honestly when people ask me that and I'm like, you know, I'm okay today. And they're like, just okay? Like, why? And I'm like, I'll tell them, you know, briefly what it is. Um, But it's, again, like, people almost, when I say, like, oh, I'm okay, and I don't say good, they're, like, kind of saying it with judgment, like, oh, why not good? Like, what? why not good today? Like, and it's just like, because that's not how I feel. (laughs) I know, I agree. And I've I've had, like, some of my boys reach out to me, like, hey, like, this is how I'm feeling. And they'll always start it by saying, like, when they're about to tell me something deep, they'll be like, hey, don't freak out. Or, like, don't think too much about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when they say that, I'm like, of course I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to hear you out. Yeah. No judgment. And that's that centers back to the judgment piece. Exactly what you're talking about. When you're yeah. saying, I'm not well, they're like, what do you mean you're not well? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, how are you? Why, why aren't you great? Yeah. Like, why aren't you, you know, so joyful today? And, and I find myself doing that as well. So when I'm telling someone, like, hey, I'm kind of feeling down today. Like, I don't want anyone to freak out. I don't want anyone to you know, check up with me every single day. Like, what's going on? What's going on? I just want just to hear me out. Like, yeah. it's just a normal conversation. Sometimes I just want to vent. Sometimes I don't even need a solution to the to any situation that I'm going through because nine times out of ten, I know the, I know the solution. Yeah. I know the answer. But sometimes I just want to vent. Sometimes I just want to, you know, let off some steam. So, like, what are some of your coping mechanisms that you've, uh, that you've learned that really, really work for you? Um, exercise is definitely a big one for me. Um, a big component, I think, of keeping your mental health in check is keeping your physical health in check. And so that's why, like you mentioned, I I eat a plant-based diet, um, and I try to exercise because I need to, like, that's my release. And so, like, when I sweat and get it out, like, 
I feel so much better and my anxiety goes away. And so I remember there was like a week where I was going through finals and I couldn't go get to the gym. I wasn't able to work out and I was filled with anxiety. And like, as soon as I took the test, I went for like a six mile run, ran the fastest I ever did. And I just felt so much better afterwards because I was able to like release all of that anxiety. So for me, exercise is huge. Yeah, mine too. If, if I take like two weeks off, I find my mood like taking a decline. Yeah. Like a big, big, big decline. Um, and so. studies have actually shown that like exercise is a way to help reduce anxiety and also it's good for people who are depressed to exercise yo also like you said too like you're on a plant plant-based diet and i've realized if i spend three days just eating salads yeah. fruits and vegetables and nuts as well like mm-hmm. I, I love almonds yeah um my mood oh my gosh it's so it changes dramatically yeah so like i know you study a lot so have you have you even heard of any studies that like you know correlate like your food intake to like your mood yeah you know i could i could literally go into a rabbit hole discussing like <laughs> how crucial the food that you consume is for your well-being um yeah no your diet's huge and i think that a lot of people don't realize that but um i mean there's so many toxins now that are in our environment that are in our food that people consume daily even consuming on social media like there's so many um toxins that we're just consuming that we're not even aware of um so but people almost sometimes think that it's inconvenient to eat the way that i do because i like seek out fruits vegetables whole grains and all that stuff but it's easier to just like go get a cheeseburger and i totally understand like some people can't don't have the luxury of like you know eating fruits and vegetables and they have to you know eat fast food or food that's more affordable but um yeah no like the sugar and all of that stuff is just really not great for the body and for the system and can clog up your mental state and just it i wouldn't say that i mean i don't don't know if there's studies that say that it correlates with depression and anxiety but i do know that people who are sad tend to crave more unhealthier things or they turn to alcohol or they turn to different um, substances and in a way food can be a substance if you're not consuming it in the right way I mean food really should be fuel for yourself and it shouldn't be comfort even though I know like yes food can be comforting and it is you know that's why they call it comfort food because it's good for the soul and sometimes you need it um but it shouldn't be something that you lean on and it shouldn't become like a crutch yeah yeah that's that's so tough. Um, we've always had our disagreements on food, but I'm trying. Yeah. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to. And know, I think food food is huge. Like it is part of culture and everything. And like it's not saying you need to just start eating broccoli every day and like don't enjoy your food. And I'm not trying. I'm not here to convert people to veganism. <laughs> like that is not the, the platform that this is. But um, I think you should be aware of what you're taking in in all aspects of your life, like not just food my favorite holiday is thanksgiving yeah. like it's literally my one of my favorite days of the year so like is that tough for you like w- like what's your when you're kicking it with your family you know you guys are all together do they make you vegan options like what's yeah. like what's that dynamic like what have you what have you realized like having these big social family gatherings that you know because people normally bond you around bond food. food yeah, yeah you bond over sure. food so like has that been difficult for you um not really i mean i've I just make my own. That's pretty much... I taught myself how to cook. And so, like, Thanksgiving, I started making my own vegan alternatives. And I would still make, you know, the black eyed peas, collard greens, cornbread, all that stuff. All the Mm. good stuff. Vegan mac and (laughs) cheese. But I would just, you know, make it my own alternative. 
And now, like, more of my family members are trying to eat plant-based. And so um, my family members will actually make the dishes, like, without the meat and without certain animal products so that I'm able to eat it. And they're also able to eat it as well, which is nice. Um, but then you always have, you know, the family member that's like, come on, you know, you want chicken, like, turkey, it's Thanksgiving, how are you not going to have some turkey? I'm like, well, I haven't had it in, you know, probably, like, 12 years, so <laughs> I'm not going to start again today. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like, if I'm a, you know, since we're on a top, topic about, like, family and the family dynamic, mm-hmm. um, you know, has anyone, like, in your family, like, you know, dealt with anything from a, a mental health perspective? Like I said, you know, for me, my mom, she works at a mental hospital. Um, you know, my aunt works, you know, from a social, like, like a social, you know, setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had, you know, people in my family pass away due to you know, mental illness and, and, you know, this and that. So like, have you like, yes, this is on a topic of like family. What's your, when it comes to mental health, what's the, you know, your family dynamic relationship to like mental health? Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of people nowadays, you can pretty much pinpoint at least someone in your family who deals with some sort of mental health issue or, um, in some capacity but yeah um, my family specifically one of my family members last year actually had a mental break which was really hard for everyone in our immediate family just because it's super draining when you basically have to dedicate all of your energy to making sure that this person is able to get back um to a better mental state um and then it shifts everyone's you know, mood and energy in the entire house. So that was definitely really, really hard and affected my family. Um, and it actually made, you know, my own anxiety worse during that period of time, because like I said, I, you know, taking care of my physical health and my mental health is really important, but because she needed more attention during that period, I was not focusing on myself as much. Mm. Um, so it definitely took a toll on my mental health at that time, which was fine because she needed more attention and energy. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. So like when, you know, when you're trying to be there for a family member and, you know, and, you know, they need to be there for you, but you also have your things kind of going on as well. What have you learned from like situations like that? Like, it, like, yeah, what are some things that you've learned that, that you did and now you're like, wait a minute, I shouldn't have done so much of that or I should have done more than that. Like, what are mm-hmm. your, your learnings when you're trying to be that support system for someone that, that needs you? Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's a fine balance as well. So, you know, what are some of your learnings from like situations, you know, dealing with friends or, or family yeah. pertaining to like mental health, trying to be that, that, that support system for them? Yeah. Um, what are some of the learnings that you've learned? Yeah. So the biggest thing for me, like I said, I learned that you need to take care of yourself first and foremost um, before you're able to take care of anyone else. And like they say, when you go on like airplanes, you know, you always have to put your oxygen mask on yourself before you help others. Um, because if you aren't taking care of yourself, you simply aren't, you're not going to be able to take care of other people to your full capacity. And so when my family member went through that break, I started incorporating like small daily things that would help to like fine tune my mental health. So I started meditating daily in the morning because that was something I knew I could do Mm. and stay consistent with at least five minutes a day. I would have those five minutes to, you know, clear my mind and just focus on, um, you know, deep breathing and things like that. Uh, and then also incorporating like yoga poses at night that would just help me wind down. 
um, for the evening. And also journaling was huge for me. Um, taking the time to just like, even if it was like journaling on my phone, like if I was experiencing something, just writing it down was helpful. Cause in that moment I was able to like release whatever it was I was going through. Um, so I would say that's something that definitely helped and also distancing myself. Cause sometimes you're in the moment you have to take care of your family member and or whoever it is, a friend that's going through something and it's a lot of an emotional burden to take on. And so sometimes you do have to notice that you are at that place. You just need to distance yourself. You just need to check out and take a break. And my thing is if I'm feeling like super overwhelmed, I'll go for a car ride and I turn the music on to my favorite music and I'll just sing in my car. And that really helps me just like de-stress. Um, so I definitely think it's important to constantly like check in with yourself to know when you're like at that, you know, at your limit for sure. Are there things that you do specifically whenever you feel like you're like at that limit or like you need to scream or like, <laughs> just like I don't know. Like <laughs> no, I've had so many situations where it's like, I just want to scream yeah. and I just want to literally get a bat and just hit a tree. Okay. I don't know why. Like just to so like, and it, it, it could be, but it's you got to remember I've played sports for yeah. so long and I've been out of football, you know, for, for so long now. So it's like, if I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I want, I remember when I was in college, I'm like, I want to let off some steam. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to hit somebody very hard at practice. Like yeah. that's all yeah. I had to do. Now, I'm not trying to go to jail. Right. So it's like, what are some healthy, healthy avenues? So for me, you know, some of the things that I do to, to really cope and to, to stay sane, like definitely music. Music can affect my, mu- uh, my mood from mm-hmm. uh, positively or negatively. But my, like music really does affect my mood a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, if I'm feeling very, very much so like, you know, down or, or anxious, I need to be around my family. I need to be somewhere around my little brother. I need to be around my mom. I need, like, they are my center, my ground, my foundation. Um, that really helps as well. And I read. I read a lot. So mm-hmm. I read every day. So just reading. Yeah. Like, reading, um, exercise. So I think just the common thing is just, like, trying to focus on things that really matter and add value to my life. Yeah. Like, as long as I focus on those core things, I find myself living a more prosperous life Mm -hmm. and then when I don't do those things when I'm eating poorly when I'm not working out when I haven't called my mom in a week when I haven't talked to my grandma or my brother you know that's when I find myself getting down you know and even when like you know bad things happen in life Mm -hmm. if bad things happen in life I will be more grounded if I have my other stuff in order Mm -hmm. but if something you know pops up and something bad happens in life and I I'm not grounded in those other things that I know add value into my life it, it affects me a lot. Yeah. It, it affects me a lot. So I just try to be conscious of like, just keeping myself grounded. Like I've, you know, I've tried yoga. I've done yoga. I love, love yoga. Mm-hmm. I love yoga so much. Uh, meditation. Yeah. Like me personally, I use the, the app Headspace. Mm-hmm. Like it really, really helps for me. Um, and yeah. For, and like for your meditation, um, like, do you just like, how'd you learn about meditation? Did you just, cause like when I learned about it, it's from the app. You know, yeah. headspace, and it, it really talked me through it. For you, like, how'd you learn about it? Did you just wake up one day, like, oh, I'm just gonna, just gonna meditate, I'm just gonna be quiet and clear my mind? Or, like, what was that process like for you? Um, I think I kind of picked up bits and pieces through, like, doing yoga when I started doing yoga in college. Um, but I also actively, like, realized that I had anxiety issues, and so I sought out, like, what are things to do when you have anxiety? And meditation kept popping up, and so 
that's it was something quick and simple that I was like, okay, I might as well try this. Like yeah. it might not work, I might hate it or whatever. Yeah. But I ended up really liking it, and I know people have mixed feelings about it, um, because they think that it's just like sitting there and not moving for five minutes, and that's really hard for people to just do. Mm-hmm. I also uh, meditate on a walk, which oh, people so I do yeah. like active meditation. So what that kind of looks like is I'll go for a walk and I will just like be super, it's basically a mindful walk. Okay. So you're just like super, super aware of what you're doing. And so you'll kind of just walk and be like, oh wow, that grass is really green. And of course you're not saying this out loud. You can if you want to say it out loud, but people might look at you funny, but you're kind of just being aware of like, oh, the sun is out today and look at that. There's like some kids playing over there and you kind of just like basically are audioing what you're seeing. And so you're like super um, aware of your surroundings. Um, and I find that to be really cool to do in nature actually. And it's a great practice too. Yeah. Same for me. Um, I actually do that as well. Uh, I was just like, I don't actually do it when I'm walking, mm-hmm. but I'll do it when I'm sitting still Yeah, you can do and it. I'm like, whoa, like, that air, that oxygen, you know what I mean? All my skin feels really good. Yeah. Or it's like that smell, I smell that. That bird chirping, I can hear that squirrel running up that tree. I can hear those kids playing. I can hear that car from like, um, you know, not too far away, just going down the street. Mm-hmm. I can hear that train going by. Like those type of, just being present. Right. It's really? just being present. Just and being it's present. something that you can do when you're in a space where say at work that you can't just leave and like go for a walk (laughs) if you're in a meeting and you're feeling anxiety like you could just become very aware of like your surroundings in that moment um and you can also do like a body scan is another thing that people practice and you basically like scan your body from head to toe and kind of okay like relax your face and i'm sure if you've done yoga they do it in yoga and they'll tell you to like relax your jaw and like sit up straight and like rest your hands on your lap and it's just kind of like a way to, it's another practice that helps you kind of relax your body. Um, Have you ever been to uh, therapy before? Have you ever therapy tried that before? Ther- yeah. Um, I actually just went to a new therapist like two days ago. Congratulations. Because um, I moved, so I had to get a new therapist. But yeah, I went to therapy after my family member um, last year had a mental break just because, like I said, everyone in my family's energy and mood and was shifted. And so... Um, it was very, very taxing on our entire family. So I was like, you know, let me try to try out this therapy thing because that's kind of like the go-to thing that people suggest when you have a mental health issue. I will say that you definitely should shop around for a therapist because, yeah, no, it's not like if you go to one therapist and you do not have a good interaction, please at least try to go to one other therapist because... I think that a lot of people who are like, I hate therapy, it's not for me. I really think that they may have only gone to one person and then that person might have not been a good connect for them because the first person I went to was terrible. Um, I literally was just, I felt like I was talking to them. Like I could have been talking to a wall, honestly. They didn't provide any, I didn't feel like they connected with me. I didn't feel like they were giving me any feedback. Um, And I honestly just felt like I was venting. Um, but then since then I've gone to two other therapists and both of them have been a lot better. And I think one big thing was the age difference. The first person I went to was a lot older. Um, and so I don't think they were able to connect with me and also having a person of color was very helpful. Interesting. Well, yeah. you know, I've never actually, 
you know, I've been going to therapy for years. I've actually never had that. What? And I, you're actually the second person. I have a very close friend as well. He told me that he saw, you know, uh, you know, a black. He's a black man, so he yeah. saw a black therapist, yeah. and he, it was like kind of life changing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what? What was that? What? Like, what was that uh, like? It's kind of, I mean, for me, it was just like, I felt like a more of a connection. I felt like some of the things I was explaining, they were able to relate to more. And I feel like things that I was talking about, um, you know, having anxiety about things related to the political climate right now and having anxiety about imposter syndrome, they were able to actually understand that because they too probably have felt that at some point in their life. Um, So that was very important. It was just like, they felt I was able to relate to them and they were able to relate to me. Um, and understand where I was coming from. So that obviously, like in therapy, that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's probably the biggest component. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to to try that out. Yeah. Do you have any uh you know other tips on how to try to you know find a a good therapist? Because it's tough. It's like, hard. I'm gonna be honest. It's, it's hard. so hard. Because, I it yeah. took me like a month to find the person I just started going to. Um, if you have insurance, you can actually call your insurance and they can give you a list of local people in the area. But a lot of places I've found, at least we live in the Bay Area, are very impacted. And also, it's really hard to find therapists that are able to work, you know, outside of normal business hours. So uh, some people don't have the flexibility of, like, leaving the workday to go to therapy. Um, another good option, I don't use this, but there are, um, what is the app that people use nowadays? It's like Talkspace, is that what it is? Oh yeah, where yeah, it's like yeah, on yeah. your phone, and I'm pretty sure it's like you can schedule it remotely that you meet with your therapist, which exactly. seems a lot more flexible if, if people aren't able to actually go in person. And it's also more convenient if you don't feel like sometimes the hardest part is just getting to the therapist's office. Yeah. So if you'd rather do it in your home, that might be a really good avenue for you because you can just hit up your therapist whenever, yeah. and you know take a therapy session from your house. Yeah, and with and with technology times have really changed a lot Mm -hmm. to where you can literally text your therapist now to where you can have a video conference with your therapist to where you have a phone call with your therapist so Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of resources out there that i feel like we haven't really tapped into yet including myself like i have some benefits at work that i need to really really tap into that i haven't had the opportunity to yet so just get with the time and we also need to shake the stigma that therapy is only for like crazy people like i don't need a lot of people would be like you should go to therapy i don't need therapy i'm fine mm-hmm. well i mean everyone's fine like right like everyone's fine yeah everyone's trying their best but i mean i think everyone could benefit from talking about how their mental state is doing yeah. um because it's definitely not talked about enough so. i agree and i always try to tell my boys i'm like man just try to see a therapist they're like yeah, I feel you, but I'm like, no, but bro, like yeah. take care of yourself. Like you want to be healthy. You exercise your muscles, you exercise your body. You got to exercise your mind and your mental health as yeah. well. Um, they're, they're both equally important. Very, yeah. very important. And it all depends on how people prioritize things. Cause if it was a priority, they would be doing it. Um, just like if it, it's clearly a priority that they work out, they do it every day, you know? Right. So if it's a priority of yours, you would make time to go once a week or once every other week to therapy. Yeah. Well, yeah, just thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for just like being vulnerable, for having a normal, just organic conversation um, about some of the things that you've been through in life. Like, I I appreciate you more than you'll probably ever know. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for letting me have this space and having this time to talk to you about all this, because this is a very important conversation. So hopefully people and like it and listen and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone 
Just Navarro. All her information is going to be in the description below. So please reach out to her. Um, you know, if her story resonates with you, if you need advice, please feel free to, to reach out. She's an extraordinary uh, person, extraordinary woman to, to get to know. So again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me.